welcome to the Spitfire's podcast episode four. Oh, baby. This is a very special episode because we are recording on location downstairs at the cabinet rooms and we are joined by the beautiful Gary and Marcus. Thank you very much for being part of our podcast today. It's very lovely to be here. Thank, Thank you for having us. us. You're welcome. So we're going to start in our usual fashion with our happy hour, which seems wholly appropriate <laughs> given where we are and what we're about to drink. Yes, that is absolutely true. So, um, could you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> is that because you're not feeling particularly happy today? No, 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 not at all. I struggle with happy hour. I do. I'm, a, I'm the happy person. Do you just have difficulty vocalising? Right, the happiest yeah. thing that's happened today is an awful thing ending. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Oh, I think you need to tell yeah. you have to elaborate on that. <laughs> Anyone who saw my Instagram story will know that there was somebody playing the bagpipes on the high street. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I live very close by and was working very hard this morning and it was not enjoyable. Mm. I appreciate the bagpipes and if you're listening, bagpipist, you're very skilled. <laughs> not the motivational noise that you were. I, my ears were ringing, I'm not going to lie to you. And the moment it stopped, I thought, this is the best thing that's going to happen today. <laughs> oh no! Okay, so a ceasing of back. It's making you very The rest happy. of the day continued to be absolutely lovely. I'm also struggling with happy hour today because I have the uh, Chernobyl hangover. <laughs> not literally <laughs> no 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 tv series tv series please yes um and i've been trying to uh to get myself because that that deeply affected me watching that first episode so um and, and, and then i thought sorry about that <laughs> yeah thanks hannah for your you joyful recommendation yeah. i tend i tend to recommend the most depressing i think handmaid's tale you turn me on to the handmaid's tale part, yeah. yeah i like miserable things i don't like watching them but i like discussing them afterwards yeah. yes it was you have to watch this because we need to talk about yeah, it. yeah yeah basically i'm unbelievably selfish and i can't deal with this on my own so everybody needs to watch it so that we can all process it together it's just very intense you you're up to date I'm, we've got yeah, one more left i've done four and i've got one more to go and i was reading this morning on buzzfeed an article that linked real events that happened with the scenes in the program you know, natural characters that yes. you know are in the yeah. in the the real true story they've used in in the in the dramatization and uh, mm. it's and that that's what makes it more upsetting, yes. isn't it? Because it's just so, it is real. It, it, mm. did, it happen. did happen, mm. and it felt the way they've shot it. I mean, the production value must be huge, and the way they've shot it is so dark and like horror film esque that you kind of forget that it, you're, not, you're not watching a dystopian it's not like The Handmaid's Tale mm. it's, it's this is something it's, that actually happened. happened yeah it's not the most pleasant yeah. that's for sure oh some drinks <laughs> <laughs> happy hour can truly begin <laughs> so what have we got here fashioned for you thank you very much oh, oh that smells great that can all be thank you so much gin lemon peel and regular tonic oh thank you just water for the table. Thank you very much. Is. You're very welcome. Mm. It's important to keep hydrated. Absolutely. Yeah, so Chernobyl. I yes. watched the one episode last night and mm. I will not be continuing. I don't understand how you can end there though. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I don't. I, feel I would rather we read the Wikipedia page yeah. <laughs> and just know. Because I, I didn't know very much about, about mm. the historical event. It happened the year I was born. Mm. So. 
I, I wasn't aware of the news at the time. <laughs> I know I'm. I know, must have been a really stupid <laughs> you know, I know my intelligence is up there. Yeah, I was, milk was quite high on my agenda, I think. Uh, but um, after watching it last night, I even found it so harrowing. I stayed up reading through Wikipedia yeah. and um, found and found myself on YouTube and having and watching the videos of the drones flying flying yeah. through and, and taking taking footage of what it looks like now. Mm. Um, just that's enough it, for me oh, I don't but I, don't I, but I feel and obviously there isn't we can't we kind of know how events unfold mm. but um it needs to conclude like I can't yes, leave it, it if I, think, I feel like my my head and art will feel a bit better if I see this the story through to the end even if I know I know it's gonna you've said it's gonna get worse yeah sorry about that yeah there was there was a I know spoilers but there was quite a horrible element of the storyline in the fourth episode yeah. with the three guys going around that's yeah. what I'm going to say yeah. that was and so I had that to look forward to it's yes. and shocking because we didn't know that that was part of the story no exactly you know, yeah. and then you think oh my goodness they've got to do that yeah it's just it it's, gets, and then, yeah. then the third episode the third episode I think is the is the worst one but again I can't I'm, this is yeah. terrible content because I can't actually <laughs> yeah. can't say it I can't divulge yeah. but episode 3 thus far I'm waiting yeah. I'm not but it's all it's the it's the government cover up and the play down of, yeah. of mm. the event and the death toll and, and everything like, and the denial of the character in the first episode oh that was yeah. Just, yeah, really, really hard difficult. I found that so hard that he mm. was ignoring the importance of human life mm. yeah Oh, oh! You wait. They <laughs> do. Oh my gosh! You but you get to come and work out thinking. You know. I found out this morning that where they took the um, the out the clothes of the firemen mm. and put them down in the basement because they realised it was radioactive, they are still there today. No way. I was reading in the article. It's still it's still there because they just nobody wants to yeah. touch them or do anything with them. Oh, so they're still there. Oh. I watched a really interesting documentary, and I'm going to do that thing again where I talk about it, but I can't actually talk about it because I can't remember what it was. <laughs> where they were showing rebuilding, like the casing around it. Mm. Did anybody yes. else? Does that ring a bell? Yes. They build it. They are building a yeah. Like they put a, like a cover. Over it, yeah. yeah, and it was all about like the logistics of. It was like mega builds or something like that one of those programs will that then stop the radiation it's supposed to yeah for another however many years and then they'll have to do it again so it was all about the process of putting it up now and the difficulty of that mm. and it's all being done by robotics and then how they will get over the fact that they'll have to do it all again in 20 years or whatever it's mm. I'm really it's surprised amazing. that it wasn't part of our schooling I, like, I don't I don't remember it being a part of history no or science because no. on both, science both parts it would have been yeah. it, it, very important yeah. to learn about, I think. Mm. Well, no, I didn't. I definitely didn't say it. There's an awful lot you don't learn about history mm. in school. Hannah, do you have anything to share about Um Now I can only think about Chernobyl. So that's no, I, I saw a very lovely gig. I went to go and watch Hannah's Aww. gig on Thursday night, and that made me very happy. That made me very happy as well. Thanks, guys. Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about Tell us it. about your gig. Um, it was lovely and the most scared I've ever been and it was really nice and had a nice time. And um, you sang songs from the movie. Thank you, yeah, God. I'm so bad at the chat. This is the, like my overwhelming feeling after Thursday was that I just can't remember what... To, I just don't know what to say in between songs. So I had the lovely Charlie Pine on bass who was like literally behind me just being like, Hannah! Tell me where this song was from. So I'd be like, oh yeah, this this song's from one of the movie type things, one of those pictures that they put on the screen. I just, I can't do the chat, as you well know, because you've been on stage with me enough to know that. 
We're all. I could have done. And yeah. then just somebody presses play. Yes. And then it's mine to it. That would that's have been so much better. Well, that's hard. Or you don't mind. Don't Maybe you just mind. I've heard it. Yeah. Just been like, Mask your face. Just, in fact, yes. actually, this this moment is. Um, I just really need to get into focus and find my muse. So I'm going to turn my back to you. But while I turn my back to you, I'll tell you all about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Make it into like a character. Yeah. Make it like a Sasha Fierce thing. Um, and you're yeah. like, oh, put sunglasses on the back of your head yeah. when you turn around. You could have a little sleep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And paint eyelids on paint eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> the other way around. Paint oh, eyes nice. on top of your eyelids. Good on that as well. Yeah. Tell us about your happy hours. What's well, made you happy? Um, made you happy? It, this was at the farmers market uh, on whenever it was on a Sunday. I have rediscovered the joys of the round lettuce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because wow. if you think that they are there existing in supermarkets but when you go to a supermarket you can't find find a round lettuce do you know what I mean it's those soft mm-hmm. leaved yeah. ones mm-hmm. yeah. they're no longer there why not I don't think anybody's buying them they're anymore they're being replaced yeah. by the iceberg by, and bags of, of yeah. prepared oh, leaves yeah. I really hate bags yeah. of prepared leaves it's really and then uh, at the farmer's market I saw round lettuce and he said that they'd just been harvested that morning oh, and so wow. I, it gave That's me amazing. great pleasure to purchase mm. that round lettuce for a pound are you regular farmers market shoppers yeah mm. every time With like a little browse don't yeah. yeah have a little wander up and down get a bit of cheese you usually have a good, you can try a bit of everything usually yeah. 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 i've recently committed to a, a veg box in riverford Ooh. which i was nervous about getting through it's great. It's really good. And all fresh and they're all very like What did you get in your box? I um, know you were concerned. Kohlrabi. Is that how you say that? Yeah. That, I, I, I don't had, know what the I had that to mean. It, it's like a radishy thing. It does taste like radishy thing. Turnipy radishy thing. Yeah. Hmm. Does it look like a celeriac or mm. it looks like a heart? Yeah, it mm. like with leaves. I'm demonstrating yeah. leaves for those who can't see with these my leaves. <laughs> um, and potatoes and tomatoes and courgette and carrots. Mm. Uh, it all tastes so much better than supermarket stuff. Yeah. Like I, I can't really? believe it. It, ta- re- it really does. It really does. Have you? I saw in the news today that Waitrose is going to be yes. trialling a bring cool. your own yeah, bring boxes, box. uh, containers, mm. and to buy your your rice Pastas. and your pasta mm. and, and your things yeah, yeah, to help reduce packaging. Although I was trying to work it out this morning because I was thinking this is not going to work because if you fill your container that you've brought from home and then weigh it, you, you could have a really heavy container. Yeah. You'd be like, extra charge. So I've worked out what it is that they lend you, they give you these plastic boxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it has to, to be in, the, in there. Yeah. Or, or you can, or they have a system where you, you have to weigh your boxes yeah. like as you come in, and then they scan it. Like oh, they I see. Yeah. Yeah. That would press sense. the tear button. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Because there is a whole new type of, of supermarket theft where people will label avocados as carrots yeah. for example <gasps> no. yeah. 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 I've never done that well the Queen, the queen yeah. did didn't she when she went to Sainsbury's to, on their 150th birthday she said not Cat- the Queen's 150th birthday <laughs> no, Sainsbury's. she's looking good yeah. Yeah. and she said oh can you cheat on this and, oh, uh, she did. Yeah. did she yeah. Yeah. scandal first question yeah, yeah. <laughs> your highness yeah. no I mean, she doesn't pay for anything anyway, does she? She doesn't have any money with her, so... God bless her. I saw on the internet 
I don't know where, which country, but they've started wrapping vegetables in um, banana leaves. Mm. So I think that's such a good mm. use of mm. a byproduct. We're a lot more conscious now about mm. sustainability, mm. aren't we? Do you have a sustainability ethos for cabinet rooms? We do, but the thing is, I've found that we're just learning all the time mm. things that we've we've implemented since we started. Like, um, we decided when we opened that we wouldn't use plastic straws. Mm-hmm. So we've always used vegware straws, which are made from plant matter. Mm-hmm. Or have drinks that are sold in plastic bottles. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we so don't, we have yeah. all of our bottle drinks or our glass or we use cans. Um use metal straws so it's just being conscious but there's always mm. more things to consider isn't there mm. so we're looking at the moment exciting things like waste management and spin collection and all that kind of stuff that 100% of our waste will will never go to landfill <gasps> that is that's, that's what we're yeah. working yeah. towards um, but yeah there's just so much to to consider and we're becoming more conscious now as consumers as well just mm. how much mm. plastic is out there you know when you go to the supermarket and everything is in plastic containers and yeah. you know like the pre the prepared fruit and and you just use it once and you put it in the bin and you're thinking oh, what's going to happen to this because yeah. it's not a, it's a yeah. non-recyclable package yeah. you know some you can recycle which we do but Others, you just like, oh, it's just so much. Yeah. People are really cutting onto it though because it's becoming more of a consumer catch. The more eco friendly that you are, I think people are now looking for that in the product that they're buying mm-hmm. or selling. So that I feel like I would kind of go away from anything that wasn't outwardly recyclable. Mm-hmm. So people are really kind of using that to promote their business now as well I think I've thought for a long time that, that there ought to be some kind of implementation of a colour coding with plastics mm. of like red to white or whatever of the worst to the best or to yeah. easiest recyclable mm. because I don't think it's that obvious when you're browsing the shelves mm. unless you know your plastics and you're going to inspect all the recycling labels yeah. well, it do- it's also not easy it, no, it doesn't, to know it doesn't help that um, different councils have different mm. policies yeah, on exactly. what, um, their recycling. or even you know the your like screw top is a different plastic to the yeah, bottle itself and so both of those parts. Like, I, yeah. it would be so useful I think for there to be some visual aid and I think there should be a, a nationwide recycling policy so, yeah, that, yeah. so that people don't get confused mm. with yeah. oh, well here I can and here I can't mm. yeah. where we live we have shared recycling bins Yeah, and I get really stressed privately and secretly <laughs> that our neighbours don't follow the recycling rules yeah, <laughs> yeah. preach yeah, just, yeah, exactly. because the, the bags are clear, aren't they? So you can see what people are putting into the bags. And yeah. Things. Oh, I hate well, these it. are these are the we've got the big the wheelie bin green bin uh, bins. Oh yeah, got And so people good. just put like you know toilet roll and stuff in oh, there, or you know mm. like kitchen roll rather, and, and other things. And you know that's not recyclable. <laughs> but that I haven't yet reached in and taken things out, <laughs> or, I, or done a little training session. Yeah. For yeah. Our yes. <laughs> I'm sure you'd be very popular. <laughs> I think anyone who signed up for that though, like it would, would be a good education. Yeah. yeah, I think it's people need to know. What's what's made you happy? Uh, I think most recently the thing that's made me happiest yeah. Getting a bit of a tan. Immediately mm-hmm. uplifting. Trying not to get your bald head 
scorched. <laughs> Which is a danger for men yeah. like us, isn't it? <laughs> I never thought that you you could have a burnt scalp, but yeah, it's not pleasant. It. Yeah. I want to get like, um, one of those hankies with the knots. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I suffered I a terrible stop. burn at, at the weekend. I, yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I, I, I went to Bowood House and Gardens on um, Saturday. A beautiful place to go and stroll around. Um, and I, I don't, I don't burn very quickly. So I thought I had, the, I covered the kids with the Factor Fifty, and then had some left. So I put it on my shoulders. Thought oh, that would do. And I was wearing a sort of a strapless number. And then um, a few hours into the afternoon, somebody says, you've got a line on your back. You're like, what is, what is that? And uh, you could see exactly where my hands had gone. Oh, I'd done no. that. And, and there was a neat square oh, of red so where I hadn't applied sun cream on my back. So, um, yeah, not very It's still a little bit sore now. The thing I struggle with, though, with the summer attire is the sock situation. Mm. That's so funny. Like when you're wearing shorts, like what do you do with no. the I, socks? My favourite thing about summer is not, I mean, I am wearing socks, but is not having to wear socks. I would wear barefoot and flip-flops all year if I thought people wouldn't look at me funny. <laughs> <laughs> we would get frostbite. <laughs> I'd get over it. Hey, <laughs> socks. See, I, only, I wear these um, Doc Martens shoes and uh, I don't know, do I wear socks with them when I'm wearing shorts or do I, do I do, you know, they're like the trainer yeah. socks yeah. where you can't see them but yeah. it's a bit, and I don't really know what somebody my age should be doing this, with I had socks. this conversation with Richard this very week because he purchased a pair, a packet of invisible trainer liner socks but hasn't been brave enough to wear them. <laughs> but is it okay? Um, Send us a message. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I've seen youths, youths in the yeah. street wearing socks pulled right up. Yes. So half yeah. out the White and socks. Yeah. White well. socks with dark shoes. <laughs> like when I was growing Quite a up. statement. That would never, yeah. you would never have been seen. Shame. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> so, shame of white socks. But We're no. going to have to talk about that again. Yeah. I think you should just wear whatever makes you feel most comfortable. And not worry about what anyone else thinks. Confidence is key, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Just doing it. Maybe those people with the socks pulled up were just thinking, well, if I'm going to do it, yeah. <laughs> just going to do go, it. Go, yeah. Go, go strong. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, what would Robbie Williams do? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd see him as my role model. No. <laughs> did anybody, did you partake in the Take That concert at St Mary's Stadium? No, no. no, nobody did. I was aware of it happening. But... I did go and see Take That in 1995 <laughs> in Bournemouth. That was and probably more of their heyday. Yeah, <laughs> with my friend, and uh, I was uh, one of the few uh, adult males in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favourite. Oh, I had. A, I loved. Um, who did I? Well, I, it changed. It changed. I kind of. Kind of loved Robbie, but also had a, had a little thing for Jason Orange as oh, well. He was, my he was, he was, yeah. Yeah. And he didn't sing very much, did he? No. If at all. But I remember That's when, fine. yeah, he did <laughs> sing a little bit. He danced a lot, didn't he? Yeah. And then later, Gary. Mm. Gary, you know, mm. not, not me. You. No. <laughs> Gary, Gary Barlow. <laughs> not me. Yeah. 
I always find it amazing yeah. that Gary Barnes' speaking voice is just so sort of yeah. monotone. Yeah. And yet to hear him yeah. sing and to write the melodies that he does, it's amazing. I always have that image of him on songs of praise or whatever it was, or a, a carol for Christmas or something, when he, he'd written a song and he was playing and he had a little scarf on and things like that. That was his first TV <laughs> appearance. Yeah. It's interesting about um, what you said about singers not sounding like you imagine them yeah, to sound. Yeah, their speaking voice different yeah. to their singing voice, yeah. Well, I've always wondered why some singers don't sing in their accent. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I, was listening to, I was listening to El, an Elton John, I'm Still Standing, that the children love now. But yeah, they're thinking that he's got such a, uh, an American twang. And I wondered why he felt he had to sing that. Well, he was trying very much to be somebody else, wasn't he? Anyway, like, he was trying to... He changed his to name not be so, so do, but do you think it's 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 because do you put on an accent to detach yourself from your own persona? I think you right. replicate what you listen to because I think yeah. most kids today would probably sing in an American accent, wouldn't they? Yeah. If they didn't know, mm. yeah, because that's what they would be hearing. Mm. You don't sing in an accent, do you? I don't think I remember. I, I sing in a Welsh accent. <laughs> <laughs> I can't what were we recording today? We had a. a to our so I love yesterday. it in um, in assembly when the children are singing and I used to work in a certain in a schools in a, in a certain area and they had uh, a more of a Hampshire accent than, than than not and I remember there was a song um, give me oil in my lamp keep me burning and I just still love it how he said give me oil in my lamp keep me burning <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of on their combine arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oil. Yeah, I love that. I was thinking about it the other day when I was listening to Sophie Ellis Baxter singing. Mm. Yes, and she has a very a British sort yeah. of plum sort of dialect to her voice, doesn't she? Yeah, and I just loved hearing her sing Dance Floor. Yeah. And dance Floor. Yeah. She's going on tour again. Is she? Yeah, she just saw a little yeah. targeted ad. I, I saw it as well. Yeah. Just, oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, she yeah. was also in the last Game of Thrones. What? Was she? What? Was she? No. I think she was like an extra. Oh, no she was. Right. She was in it. I'll have to watch it again now. Lily Allen is another person yeah. true to her accent. Mm. I'm trying to think about Kate that. Nash. Oh yes. Morrissey. He's always there's ask, you know. Mm. And you hear the, the liver puddling in the Beatles. That's mm. quite. That's quite sweet when you hear the, the certain. Well, they they were more American. Yeah, but funny. American. But occasionally you'd hear a slip of it, like George a, Harrison. Certain, well, mm. certainly oh, instead of yeah. black, the, she'd say the instead of there. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 of course, yes. yeah. Yeah. So she did a really good version of um, Let There Be Love with Dudley Moore once. Mm. Yeah. 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 If you could pick a dialect to sing in that isn't your own, <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? What uh, would your singing persona be? I'm terrible at accents, but I love the Geordie accent. And the Liverpudlian accent. Mm. Lovely delphins. <laughs> <laughs> you just spent a bit of time up north, haven't you? Anna? Yeah, that's the only phrase I learned. Okay. <laughs> I've started to write a piece of instrumental music uh, based on the intonation of a of Liverpudlian, how they would speak, and it was meant for a cello, and it went something like. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't get very far with it. That's, <laughs> That's an interesting, interesting idea, idea yeah. yeah. 
and a can of coke and a bucket of chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know how you, how the cabinet room started as a journey, how you met, how the idea came to work together in this way. I want to know everything. That sounded creepier than I meant. Let's be just get out my business plan. (laughs) (laughs) Wild domination. (laughs) I think we used to have friends come to stay at our house, and they always used to say to us, um, "Oh, you should open a B and B or a hotel or a restaurant or something like that." Not because what we did was brilliant, but just kind of we used to like doing things and hosting and yeah. And Marcus, when people were staying over, he would kind of set up the room a bit like a hotel room so the 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 towels would be folded little soaps and things oh, oh wow we used like, to do the toilet rolls like that we do now here <laughs> we do them in the cafe <laughs> <laughs> wherever i go and there's one of those toilet rolls i always draw a little mouse's face on it with the whistles it's funny because the team here one of the, the everybody who checks the loo regularly does the little folds on the yeah. toilet roll and uh, one chap a uni student he worked here bef- before he said that he would get teased by his housemates because they'd all be wondering who on earth in the house was folding because <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes second Happy nature yeah. oh that's lovely and then we went on because you work for a cruise company global cruise company and we went on a cruise to uh, Southampton to New York on the Queen Mary 2 which was just amazing fantastic cruise and of course when you're at sea for seven days and seven nights and uh, you know you've got your tuxedo and everything you just get into a little habit of you know having your lunch having afternoon tea pre-dinner cocktails you know dinner (laughs) Hosting a cocktail. <laughs> we did a workshop in the bar with um, the, the the senior bartender, and um, she, uh, Ophelia, and she really uh, excited us about cocktails, didn't she? So we kind of that that spawned our love of the ginger cosmo. Oh. Oh. Wow. So that's basically a cosmopolitan with a, a oh. bit of raw ginger muddled in the bottom of the uh, the, wow. the mixing glass, and uh, yeah, I think that's when we got into gin as well. See, it was two thousand and nine, and before that, we used to drink uh, vodka martinis, and <laughs> um, and then it was on that that cruise but yes. I think we worked our way through the, the martini list I think we did just <laughs> obviously purely out of research yeah it was good fun yeah. yeah I got a real taste for dirty martinis you did I was it dirty martinis what, what so that's when you make a martini but you use some of the olive brine right. and you muddle an, an olive in there as well nice. so it's a really nice aperitif mm. kind of gets you your, your appetite going before dinner. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, so we kind of got into cocktails, didn't we? From that. Yeah. And Did then we did courses. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're skipping the bit where we both worked behind a bar in the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. So. But I was pulling points. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to add up in my head, which was really oh, scary. You oh, know, yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah, you had three points. You go, £1.96, £1.96, that's £2, that's £3. Did you ever just make it up? No. I was, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I supervised a bar in 1995, I think. And the cocktail list was maybe two cocktails. (laughs) Sex on the Beach being one of them. 
And then most people really were drinking either pints of Lohenbrau, which I hadn't, hadn't seen for ages, or um, Jack Daniels and Coke, or mm. cranberry and vodka. No, that was fancy. People oh. were drinking uh, <laughs> Malibu and Coke. Uh, yeah, or it was um, Southern Comfort and lemonade, and, oh, or, so or Archers and lemonade. Oh, oh my god! Snakes I would love an Archers and lemonade. Yeah. Archers and lemonade was my my underage. Not that you should to kids, but was my underage drinking drink. Yeah, that was like what I started drinking. It's quite syrupy, yeah. isn't it? It's like yeah. Yeah. I started on creme de menthe. At least you had fresh breath. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work at a bar that whenever we had a big occasion like night, like a New Year's Eve, we had to wear whistles and if anybody ordered a woo-woo, we'd have to go woo-woo and blow our whistle and like let the whole bar know. Yeah, I wish that would be so much better. That happened to me in the chemist the other day, but I went to the how long after that was it that uh, you then opened the cabinet rooms? Uh, so it took us another six years after our cruise, didn't it? Yeah, because we we had the idea, we put our our kind of business plan together and our mission statement. I remember being uh, my mission was to go to. Starbucks and sit in Starbucks and write our mission statement for cabinet rooms. <laughs> and I felt I was really fancy because I had I borrowed Gary's kind of lap, laptop Mac thing, and I was sitting there going, "Yeah, I've got coffee and I'm writing my business plan <laughs> statement." Uh, I'm our, J.K. Rowling. Independent <laughs> coffee bar that are going to open, yeah. and um, and then everything. Then it happened really, very quickly because we were approached by uh, another local business that wanted to take over a, a premises and um, were interested in offering us the ground floor to, um, to, to run as a cafe bar. And so that happened almost immediately wow. uh, as, as getting everything together and, and you had just left your job um, or was about you were in the process of leaving your job and we were then going into this, this new premises. So it was a bit of a whirlwind and um, it took us all by surprise, but we were very excited and scared, but unfortunately it all fell apart, it all fell, uh, you know, the whole thing kind of just collapsed, didn't it really? So we were at the, at the end of the stage and, and so therefore we, it all fell apart for us as well. So then it took another couple of years, didn't it? And you worked in a bar. Did, I must have um, taken the wind out your sail a little bit after that happened. Did you? Did, did it take you a while to to recover from from that sort of pinning your hopes on um, this and then getting back back on again? I think we just had to be kind of react to it and be agile. I don't want to sound cliched, but I think in business you have to just keep the end goal in sight. Yeah. Yeah, and not let things knock you back and find that. If you've got a kind of inner resourcefulness, I think, and the support of each other, then you can. It's easier to kind of push forwards. And I think when it fell through, the the options that we had was either that I would go back and find a an office job somewhere, and we would kind of continue just thinking about doing this, or I would just use it as an opportunity to kind of fill the gap, the knowledge gap, and so I think it was maybe within a day of it falling through, I'd taken my CV to the local pub and just asked for a part-time job um, and explained to them what we were doing because we wanted to be above board and said, you know, the, the, 
plan ultimately is for us to have our own place but until then what can I do to help and learn along the way so I was there for about 18 months mm. and it was a blessing yeah. that it fell through because actually what we learnt and what you learnt in that time has really helped us with actually setting the business up for real yeah little things like you know using the glass washer or you know sourcing out your stock control and all that kind of stuff that mm. we've fortunate enough to learn the processes mm. in, in another mm. business and we're we're still good friends with the owner of the business so mm. it's um it's it was a great support really and then we were looking at different premises around the city so whenever we go around the city now you know we uh, we see all these places that could have been <laughs> cabinet rooms yeah. and for whatever reason they didn't work or didn't have the right permissions the right planning and um and and fell through and again i think that those it was a blessing that those didn't because we saw then um, the premises we're in now here on Jewry Street. We we saw being advertised for the business for sale, and we saw that as an opportunity to get to get a premises. But also, luckily, it had an alcohol license, which is really difficult to get in Winchester on a premises that doesn't have it already. Mm -hmm. um, it had all sorts of other permissions and. Um, had the, the the separate rooms that we were looking for to put on our film nights and our book groups and mm. things like that. So, yeah, because when we were putting the plan together in 2014, which was what three years before we took this place on, we'd outlined exactly what we wanted to do and what the place would look like. And when we, what we've got now is pretty much what we said mm. we were going to do then. We always wanted to have book group, we always wanted to do film screenings. It was really important to us to create a community here as well, the, a place where people could come either on their own or with friends or relatives and and uh, meet like-minded people. And we wanted to kind of encourage creativity and um, people networking and all of that fun stuff. There are so many fascinating people in Winchester um, from all sorts of walks of life you know when you meet authors or people that just know so much about poetry or chamber music or you know there's so many different I don't know how you describe it since the excitement in creativity yeah. and other people's creativity uh, that rubs off on, on each other it's really exciting to, to work with those people I have to stop Gary from planning more festivals. Yeah. <laughs> I've got an idea for another festival. Like, no! Well, if, if, we, if, we can, if we may just list them at, at this stage. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Tell us, a, tell us about your festivals. We, Give us a list. So, so well, we, we first, if, if I can, st mm. may I start this off? We first crossed paths with Winchester Cocktail Festival. I think that was our first. First one, yeah. wasn't first, it? The first before, year. Yeah. February 2016. 16, It was yeah. the first ever yeah, cocktail week. Yeah. Because we, we were in the infancy of Winchester Jazz Festival at, at, at a similar time, so we were kind of parallel with those mm. yeah. things. Because um, we'd started talking about Cocktail Week in November of 2014, so it took us just over a year then for it to kind of come to fruition. But I can't remember how we crossed paths. Oh, cause I we, can't remember. We went for a coffee at... Um, Forte Kitchen. Forte Kitchen. Just after yes. they'd opened. Oh, how did but I know you? I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was through Twitter. 
Because a lot what of really? yeah, a lot of the um, people that we met in those early stages, we, we, we um, from Winchester and also London and beyond, um, was through Twitter. You were you were quite doing a lot of twittering at the time. It was the Hampshire Hour. Is that what it was? Possibly. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, because you sang at the finale party, the cocktail yes, week. Yes, did. And had you just come back? I'd been in Brazil, yeah. 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 I flew I back that morning. I was the brownest I've ever been. I've got a fantastic photo of you, kind of jet-lagged, clutching a <laughs> Lavasto cocktail, yeah. which is still one of the best yeah. photos. Cross-eyed. <laughs> Cocktails through the ages, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So cocktail week, what else? So then we've got the Ginchester Fates. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So the Ginchester Fete is our annual gin festival in June, and we just invite lots of local distilleries to come in. Of which there are many, 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 many. more every year. Um, We're the, still seeing a rise in the popularity of gin at the moment. Do you think are there more houses yeah. opening up? We're still on that on the up. Yeah, there's still more gins happening. I think more craft gins, more flavoured gins. Pink gins seem to be a big thing. But it's interesting because I think that there is, not necessarily a backlash, but I've, I can sense the tide is turning a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people are talking now about what's going to be the next big thing. Mm. What is going to be the next What do you predict will be the next big spirit? I think it'll be rum. Mm. Brilliant. There's a lot of talk of flavoured yeah. rums at the moment, but I think um, just rum generally is a category. Mm. Um, I think we'd like it to be tequila, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, a lot of the local distillers, you know, and I say na- uh, local meaning nationally, these are people who are really passionate about what they do, really interested in the art of distillation, um, and once they get their their brilliant gin they then can explore different aspects Mm. of that and different flavors but then they start thinking about what else can i do i've got this wonderful machine this wonderful piece of equipment what else can i do you know you can make rum so obviously you can't make tequila because you've got to have that's got got to come from the agave plants in a certain part of mexico so Mm. you know that probably would be quite expensive to it yeah. does funny, Shit, yeah. all of us. <laughs> Do you want it to be tequila because that's your favourite? Or you want to be tequila because that's been the most interesting? I think tequila is something that is um, misunderstood. Mm. I was going to say, uh, I'd like to be educated because I yeah. have a, a tequila schlammer, but I may have partaken in it. The way that you should drink tequila is make sure that it's um, 100% agave um, tequila. Because mm-hmm. if it's... Um, if it just says tequila on the label, by law it only has to have 51% agave-based spirit. So agave is the plant that, it, that it's kind of made from. And the rest is going to be low-grade or, or lower-grade spirit. So that's why you get hangovers and headaches. Wow. Because so if you go for the pure stuff, then it's yeah. a lot better for your system. Yeah. You can handle it a bit more. So obviously, you know, 100% organic agave um, tequila is going to be really, you know... A, a, a pure kind of spirit to drink rather than kind of a lower grade spirit that's used to bulk mm. out the, the, the tequila if you like. I'd love to try that. And, um, Maybe um, I've been doing it wrong all these years. Yeah. And in Mexico they give you little um, uh, terracotta dishes that you sip oh. and you should savour the flavours rather than do a shot. Yeah. Um, and, I'm you sure know, in Mexico they only drink the best stuff there. 
Yeah, and, and also, you know, you have got Reposado tequila, which is rested. So it's rested in barrels for six to nine months, so you get oh, like wow. a golden colour and different flavours to it. And then you get an aged tequila, which again, you've got darker colour and deeper flavours. So it's a, a bit like whiskey in the sense that you get all sorts of different flavours and different, uh, mm -hmm. different flavour profiles to that. Always so. with a worm? Never with a worm. Mm. Why would anybody want to drink anything with a dead thing in? <laughs> and uh, yeah, where did where did that? How did that come about? I think it's just a um, uh, you know a, a marketing device. So you know it's oh. got a worm in it. Hey, oh, yeah. let's buy it. Have you ever seen the film uh, Poltergeist? I think, or maybe Poltergeist Two. <laughs> he drinks, he drinks the, the tequila, and then the worm goes in, and then. Oh, I think I've seen that oh. one. <laughs> I have actually done yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what you, yeah. No, I, I, I have, um, well, chewed the worm actually. Oh, oh, wow. oh, oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a bar we used to go to in Paris, and it was it was an Easter Sunday, and um, I was there as a student, and we were all very homesick and very sad that in well in those days at least you didn't get easter eggs in france so we had no chocolate so we thought we'd just drink loads of mezcal <laughs> instead and um yeah there was a worm in the bottle yeah, the bottle. Not good. <laughs> no i thought maybe it was bravado or <laughs> just the numerous shots of mezcal we drank but but we I did, wouldn't recommend it. We did discover, though, that in some places, um, they uh, mezcal, they they um, they uh, as they make it, they put um, rabbits and chicken mm -hmm. into into the still, into the still, which gives it a different flavour. Wow! Yeah. What? So there's a so mezcal. There's so many different varieties. It's quite complex and smoky, really intense. So. It's a bit like gin and all whiskey in a way. You can once you get into it, you can appreciate it for the different flavour profiles and um, depending where it's made and how it's made. I think that's the interesting thing about drink for us. It's not really, despite my mezcal story, <laughs> it's, it's not really about quantity. Quantity mm. is about. Um, appreciating how things are made and the stories behind it and the mm. people behind it as well and that's what's quite exciting about Ginchester mm. as well that you've got a number of um, people who have maybe left corporate jobs or they just want to change what they do and they are following a passion and they're really excited about different flavours and making products that people love and get excited mm. about so um, we just love working with them, mm. don't we? Um, we got a bit waylaid there, didn't we, on our list of festivals? Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> the Ginchester Christmas Market. Ginchester Christmas Market, which is happening in December, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you're co-organising the Coffee Festival. Yeah. Yeah, which is the Hampshire Coffee Festival happening in October. Um, and we're inviting local roasteries to come in. Uh, we've got tea companies, chocolate. Um, uh, there's going to be chances for people to have a go at latte arts. There's going to be some competitions as well. Um, there's going to be we're going to be looking at sustainability as well. So 
um, how we can all be a bit more responsible in our coffee drinking mm -hmm. and production. Um, so yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and we're also on the committee for Hampshire Pride. Yeah. Quite a list. Yeah. yeah, do you have yeah. any time... You missed out oh. the, sorry, the Winchester vacuum cleaner festival. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> do you, when, how do you spend your time off then together? Because you are the busiest people in Winchester. Do you have any time off? We kind of, we kind of wander up and down Winchester High Street, mm -hmm. um, have a little kind of coffee somewhere, different, go and go to you know, M&S or Sainsbury's to get something for our tea. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and Sit outside the old vine with a pint occasionally, you know. Um, we, we don't ha really have much time to come for leisure activities, but um, a good box set is always helpful, isn't it? Yeah, binge-watching Netflix. Yes. Yeah, it is hard when, you've got a, when you're running a business to... To, um, to, to allow, to make sure that you yeah. do have time just mm. to switch off. Yeah, because sometimes you just can't not be there. Mm. And that's the thing. And Or be near. Or be near. I mean, there's around 150 independent businesses in Winchester. Mm. So that's a lot of people who probably rarely see the light of day. Because mm. um, you've invested everything into something. Mm. And, you know, what we've built here is truly authentic um, and independent know, and you've you designed know, yeah. you've done the interior design yeah. here you've spent 18 months collecting vintage crockery <laughs> on eBay a dreamy job <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know you put your heart and soul into something so mm. uh, you don't have the backup of a central office in London or a mm. national distribution chain or investors so it's really just all hands on deck would you ever like to Franchise? Would you like to have a second branch of cabinet rooms somewhere else? No, we've talked about obviously the future, and what's tricky, I suppose, is that this place feels so unique to us. Mm. In that it it really is what we had planned it to be all that time ago, and to replicate this somewhere else would be a challenge in replicating a community. How would you? Yeah. I don't. I can't imagine. You can't spend the time getting to know everybody in in both places in the same. You can't invest the same. Amount. It would mean yeah. watering down your time spent in both places. Whereas here, you can be committed to one. Yeah. And also, would there be the same community in another city? It, it would be a bit scary for us if we had a second place and we weren't able to influence so much what was happening inside mm -hmm. the you know the the business. Because we wouldn't want our customers to have poor service or, you know, uh, be shortchanged in, in the experience they get. So it's, uh, we've got other ideas for the future that may not be... I heard you were thinking yeah. of branching out into um, hardware uh, with the cabinet brooms. The cabinet brooms. <laughs> Which was... Well, they also sell vacuum cleaners as well. Yes. Uh, I have actually got the uh, website. <laughs> 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 what would what piece of advice would you give somebody who is starting a business endeavour such as this? What would you tell them? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I thought the yeah. clock was going to chime. <laughs> it's going to in three minutes. <laughs> um, Do your homework. Yeah. 
know your numbers. Know your numbers. Be brave. Be authentic. Sometimes you make decisions and you think, oh, I could have, you know, maybe that would have made us money or... But I think you've got to be true to yourself, what you're about. Mm. And know your brand as well. Mm. Know your brandy. And your brandy. Uh, Yeah. And learn about things like VAT and tax and, you know... HR, HR personnel employment law <laughs> yeah. all that fun stuff yeah yeah it's um, it's a scary thing kind of starting out and but it's very rewarding as well I often kind of compare it to life in the corporate world if um, you know something goes wrong with my Mac or I don't know how to do something and you think oh you've got no one you can just pick up and mm-hmm. ask and you know you are the or blame or blame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. I think the responsibility of it being yours. There is no one else to blame. You're taking everything mm. on yourself. That's something that I find quite a, a difficult. Not that I'm trying to blame other people, but it's just it, it, that must be a lot of pressure, kind of on a day-to-day business. Or do you just not think about it until you need to think about it? It's it's pressure, but it's also quite liberating. Mm. Because coming from a, an environment where to get anything done, you had to present a case for it, and it would have to be passed, you know, up the chain, and it would come back down mm-hmm. the, the, the chain, um, and it would take a long time for decisions to be made. Sometimes um, a lot of hoops to jump through. As a when you're running your own business, really, you can just decide. You can ask yourself, and you can say, "Yeah, yeah, I fancy doing that." And that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and I think when we started out, we decided that we were going to do things that were fun and that we enjoyed doing because we, you know, mm. otherwise, what's what's the point? Uh, I remember. I remember when we had um, just before New Year's Eve a couple of years ago, when we had um, the the big glass window in the cafe bro- broken. Mm. It was smashed yeah. um, during service, uh, during an evening, and we'd literally just left here um, and gone home. And um, we got home and took coats off. And as soon as we were taking the coats off, we had a phone call, and it was from the one of the bartenders saying to to Gary, "Oh, Gary, I think you need to get here. Um, the, somebody's just gone through the window. Uh, the you know somebody the window smashed." And for that moment, it's just really scary because we didn't know what we were going to find it was somebody who came from outside of the cafe and went into the window and smashed it from outside Uh, so it's nothing to do with our customers but we just literally ran down the road from home to here anyone who knows us could imagine we don't run (laughs) (laughs) and um, not knowing what we would find and just literally just panicking and being frightened because everything that we'd created literally with only a few months you know previously and got running could have all just been absolutely you know broken for the next few months luckily it wasn't too bad and everybody everybody was fine but uh you know and and we could tidy up and get a new window in so it wasn't as bad as we thought it might be but it was just that moment where you just realized that you are so vulnerable yeah and so much hard work had gone in not just by us but the team as well and everything was fresh and exciting and we'd had a great first year 
and then to end on that note was really heartbreaking, yeah. really. But you know, you yeah. pick yourself up and you dust yeah. yourself and, off. And, and how again. well you deal with that situation as it's happening, like you've done everything that you possibly can and it's fixed, for, mm. you know, as in, in that moment. And then the next day is a new day and it's like, well, that's been resolved, or is at least in the process of being resolved, so now yeah. we can mm. move on. It was boarded, the window was boarded up and Marcus had um, stapled up some red material so it looked like mm -hmm. curtains yeah. on the inside. I remember inside. you doing yeah. that yeah. 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 was amazing. Lemon, he had a lemon themed around there, like That's when life right. gives you lemons, yeah. <laughs> That's make right. lemonade. So we did lemon flavoured drinks yeah. um, and you just make mm. the best of what you can, yeah. you know, what you can do with it. And actually, customers loved those curtains and wanted us to keep them up. <laughs> no, we're getting a new window. Yeah. It'd give it, it did give us a bit of a speakeasy yeah. vibe, didn't it? Yeah, it was quite nice. <laughs> but I think there'll always be things like that, or the ups and downs and the highs and lows, mm. and so you're just doing it because you're building something mm. together and you're building mm. a future. And hopefully something that people just love being part of as well. And there's been so many funny things that we can't tell you. <laughs> 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 things that have happened that you know you just all laugh about afterwards. But um, yeah, some very funny stories. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if we yes. were going to do another business, what do you think? No, because you've known us for a few years now. What do you think we would be suited to do? Well, since you said the B and B thing, mm. I'm thinking you should do, you should mm. have a little hotel. That would be amazing. With your yeah, yeah, little <laughs> soaps and your pillows yeah. and all that. Sounds great. I was, I always fantasise about having a, um, a like a haunted hotel <gasps> where you could book a haunted room That's where we would do like contraptions and things. That's such a good idea. That oh. I don't want to stay there. Yeah, I'm really want to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> you give me a job as I remember going to a hotel in Tring and um, it was a very odd hotel wasn't it? It was and, unusual. Uh, we were described on, on arrival as being checked in that breakfast include, a breakfast option included musilai. <laughs> and our cook, full English cooked breakfast came with salad, garnish, oh, which was an odd, okay. odd thing. I, I could see you um, running a very good uh, review website of, oh. of, of, of places, of, of boutique places to stay. I know, I know it ha that sort of thing has been done before, but of like, cabinet room recommends. Mm, mm. Love that. Yeah, yeah I'd I would love that. absolutely trust any recommendation that came from you, mm. both, definitely. Are you enjoying the gin? Very nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is, that's delicious with lemon. That's the Japanese Kenobi gin, isn't it? I would thoroughly recommend that. Because you wanted a, an aromatic gin. I did, because I'm fussy. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you? Would you kind of go into business together doing a... Absolutely not. <laughs> right. As if we didn't spend enough time together already. <laughs> I think we'd lose our minds. Yeah. Unless it was some kind of studio-based thing, I feel. Otherwise, yeah. it would be it would be great to to try and have somewhere a little bit out central where we could host a creative hub. Yeah, mm. of of recording, performing, artsy kind of mm -hmm. kind of place. Let's have a base yeah. for us as well. Yeah, yeah. 
that would be a, that would be a dream everything sort of in-house and easy accessible recording mm-hmm. whenever you like on call band you know yeah. wake up in the middle and like good idea get down the studio quick <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just maybe a we almost have that now yeah almost I'd like to do an English cafe, English breakfast cafe, where it's like, um, I saw on a TV programme once, where you put your order in, uh, and you pay at the till, and then when it's done, the lady shouts at you, and says, <laughs> two bacon, four eggs, and toast, and you have to come and get it from the counter. <laughs> I'd like to do that. That's that very specific. Yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> put English, put English, and tea. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think you'd be good at that. Yeah. Did yeah. you wear your cloak? <laughs> or not next to the deep fat fryer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, talking about cloaks, we uh, we're going to mention King of Thrones. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. We haven't discussed the finale. <laughs> She's very excited about Game of Thrones. <laughs> but there's the South Park version as well, isn't there? Yeah. Which I'm banned from You're singing. Banned from singing. Oh, it ruins it, apparently. Yeah. That's because I couldn't. I've never watched it a few times, and I and I um I didn't really know how the Game of Thrones tune went. You've until, had it requested on some of your mashups. Be, you know, we, so, yeah. <laughs> so I know it. That's what's going through my head when I'm playing it. I'm not thinking of <laughs> How do we all think of the end? How do we all think <laughs> of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of the end? I think fondly of the end. I haven't seen it, just read about it. So. I was disappointed, I have to say. <gasps> oh, I what felt, were you hoping for? I felt that I had invested so many years of emotional distress and mm. in, and feelings and emotions to almost have the last couple of hours the last hour really of everything's okay and it's mm. alright mm. I felt I wanted some more I want to cry, I wanted to cry I wanted yeah. to sob I wanted to yeah, it, sob it, with tears of laughter and joy as well as sadness but, it was hard that it wasn't yeah. such a high point because all of the other high point high yeah. intensity emotional bits happened well before mm. and um, you were I suppose that's the trouble with something that's always trying to outshock itself yeah. that how is it gonna how is it gonna peak mm. but it no it just it very very quickly tried to draw lots of stories to a close mm. I quite liked the resolution of most of the characters I just didn't like the journey of getting there mm. I don't think I minded how it ended but yeah I felt like Meh. Have you seen there's a petition? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to rewrite the whole series. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that's that. a bit strong. Yeah. <laughs> I read the books up to halfway through the penultimate book. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved the books, got totally absorbed into them. Have you read the books? I haven't. I might do it. Definitely do it because there is so much of the backstory and the mythology and the story behind. Westeros, Westeros. That, um, <laughs> that you just don't get in the programmes. So it's gruesome in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just so much more in depth. So when you're watching the the series, you kind of get used to the fact that it's a bit like Game of Thrones light. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. And then Game of Thrones light. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. 
So um, the turning point for me with the series was, it was a few, few series back was when Sansa was um, escaping King's Landing. Mm-hmm. And in the book, I think it was like a whole chapter about this escape. And in the series, it was like what, two seconds. Over in a second, yeah. And at that point, I think after that, everything seemed to just speed up. Mm-hmm. And then you notice that, um, like in previous series, the whole journeys would happen, wouldn't they? And you'd travel mm-hmm. with the characters, and then all of a sudden they'd be here one minute, yes. and then yeah, the next scene. Mm-hmm. The treadmill is suddenly wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so I think I just kind of got used to that. And it just felt like it accelerated so quickly towards the end that we missed so much of of that backstory and the thinking mm. behind what the characters were doing. But like you said, I'm okay with how it ended and I'm just hoping that the books catch up mm. because mm. if I can go back and read the books, then it will fill in all of those gaps mm-hmm. and I'm, that's what I'm hopeful for. But the books, has he written all of the books so he's... There's every chance that he might change the ending differently to how he, it was. He yeah. might change it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That would be cool. Yeah, because he has been working with the producers of the program, hasn't he? To from yeah. the beginning. So, mm. but some of the books, but some of the storylines in the books are different from the the program. Mm. So, Lady Stoneheart. Do you know about Lady Stoneheart? Is that mm. a book a book story? was a character from the books that no. never appeared in the series, no. which is the most mm. amazing character ever for certain reasons, but just never appeared. In every series you'd be thinking, mm. oh, is Lady Stoneheart going to appear? And mm. never did. Is there wow. given a reason why she didn't appear in the series? Just not know. enough space for her. I should Google it. Mm. I'm pretty what sure there's been... About, yeah, about fan theory. I think I'm going to read it. <laughs> and that coming from me. That's amazing. You don't, it. you don't do I reading. I don't do reading very yeah. much. You think this might be the thing? Mm. Right. There's a lot of like all of the history, mm. and you know they talk about the houses and mm. things that happened between the houses hundreds of years before. So mm. there's quite a lot to take in and remembering who's who. Mm. I, it blows my mind to think how somebody can have created that. Mm. One person can have created all of that history mm-hmm. themselves yeah. yeah amazing did anybody watch um the making of the last season no no i didn't really good well really interesting it's quite long i found it interesting because i like to know what's going on behind the scenes but they, i imagine um, for some people it might take might away ruin a it. bit of yeah, the magic yeah might ruin it but i i always like seeing how they how things are done and it was very interesting. It follows like a couple of like one of the extras and people from behind the scenes. One of the um, prosthetics artists and the um, I can't remember what his job role was, but the man who's in charge of artificial snow. Wow! Oh, cool. He's not called John, is he? Ah. <laughs> no, but he's called like the Snowmaster or something. <laughs> like but it follows like how they filmed the last season and where they went on location all this it's very interesting mm. see I, I was a, I was a watcher if I loved the film and I had the DVD mm. yes. I would have gone and watched all of all, like, all the extras oh, and the making of and everything yeah, yeah, don't get that do you no not so much not with streaming no not so much no. Um, mm. yeah I would recommend that anyway what did you make of um, of uh, M- Missand- what's that? Melisandre Melisandre I felt really sorry for her at the end I don't know how I was meant to feel about her. That, I, I don't know. I don't know if I felt sorry for her. She felt she'd done everything she could. Yeah. That was it. That was her. She'd fulfilled her destiny, mm. and there was nothing left for her to do. 
Mm. But yeah, a little bit, a little bit sad. Yeah. Not sad about Danny though. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> Cheered at the screen. I was my faith in John was restored at that moment. I thought he would. I never thought he would have done that. That's another magical bit about the behind the scenes thing is what they read that part of the script together around the table and watching their reactions oh, to what's wow. going to happen. Oh, wow. It was first time reactions. Of yeah. Do they, are they all crying and shocked? And there are tears, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and like when certain other members, cast members are written off and they're all sort of hugging each other around the table oh, and like wiping oh. their eyes. It's, it's good. That's amazing. It's, it's interesting that they're appear to be such a tight-knit cast considering that so many of them don't appear with each other ever they mm. kind of mm. in and out mm. it's, it's nice family long yeah. time they've spent together isn't it mm. Mm. 10 years isn't it mm. Mm. I hope they do a spin-off. I want to see Arya's adventures west of Iceland. Yeah. 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 Well, they're doing the um, prequel aren't they? Yeah. So that'd be interesting. Quite I thought they could, there's no way they could have left it there. No way. Arya's adventures. That sounds like a program made for Dora CBBC. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they probably won't, probably won't do it in that direction. Like Dora the Explorer. Yeah, yeah. The Avengers of Aria. <laughs> you remember in Twin, Twin Peaks, which they brought back recently, there's a, there's a bit in the, the, the last bit of Twin Peaks where Laura Palmer says in, in the, the Black Lodge, she says, I'll see you in 25 years. Mm. And then 25 years later, <gasps> the return wow. series wow. happens. Okay. So, and, and in this series of Game of Thrones, um, uh, Tyrion says, doesn't he? Um, ask oh. me that in ten years' time. Yeah. So <gasps> it's our theory that in ten years there's going to be. That's a great yeah. theory. Oh, I can't yes. wait ten years. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so they can get all the actors who are kind of you know going to be in it, you know, booked in That's for their so filming better. schedules and mm. things. That would be great. You don't have to wait ten years. You can watch Chernobyl in the meantime. No, but <laughs> I can watch the RuPaul's Drag Race, <gasps> which I have not yet watched. It's who else watches it? Me. I yeah. love it. It's great. I'm, but it. I'm, only, I'm only about three episodes into the latest series. Oh, okay, no spoilers. No I, spoilers. I'm very happy for you to discuss yeah. it. I'm very happy for you to discuss it. The, the final hasn't happened yet. Who, would you, who yes. would you want to win from where you are now? Mm. I can't remember. I can't remember people's names. Do you know what? I think in this, se- it's this season, season 11, it's really difficult to get to know the characters, to get to know the personalities. Mm. In other seasons, I found it much easier, but this season I found there was yeah. just so many characters that I just didn't find anybody at the beginning that I kind of was drawn to, which was mm. odd. I don't know if you found that. I'm I'm rooting for Evie Oddly. Hmm. Interesting. Because Very bendy. Person. Yeah, and a, a fresh. <laughs> yeah. A fresh take, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah, but I don't know what will happen. I'm a big fan of um, Sasha Velour. Yeah. Oh, amazing! Yeah, That's artistry, incredible. isn't it? It is yeah, absolute yeah, yeah. artistry. Yeah, yeah. Sasha's Instagram yeah. is just um, yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, and and breaking expectations and yeah, like you say, an artist, a visionary. Yeah. So, have you ever done a death drop? <laughs> <laughs> not that I remember. Have you not seen our show? <laughs> That's what we want to see. Dad drops. The mind bubbles. It just looks so painful. I know it's because you have to put your knee be- your leg because behind it's your not, knee. It's, it's not proper splits, is it? It's kind of a way no, of protecting like a, your tendons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's going from it's vertical to horizontal. Yeah. yeah. With one leg straight and one leg bent. bent. Yeah. Mm. But obviously, you've got to do it without 
knocking yourself out. In heels. In heels, yeah. Get, getting up from yeah. that position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I could do it as long as I had people to like lift yeah. me out. <laughs> but then, of course, most of uh, the, the drag queens have padding, yeah. don't they? You know, on their <laughs> oh, rear. So it might strange. be that they might yeah, try and land on their, on their bum. Daddy, uh, we should yeah. think about that next time we try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I definitely want to try it. Yeah, and of course they're filming the UK version. Oh yes, I cannot. that's yes. really exciting. Actually BBC wait. Three, isn't it? I yeah. Think. So I I'm really interested about how that's going to, you know, translate from American drag to English mm. British drag, and how that will, uh, how that will be. Mm. Yeah, my, it might be completely wrong, but my first instinct would be that it would be less pageanty yeah and weirder yeah and i hope I'm a bit right. more edgy yeah. yeah i don't know where i've got that idea from but that's the vision i have for it yeah so have you guys have you seen pose i've seen no. a few episodes yeah and i've loved we, it i've really wanted to watch it haven't yeah. continued yeah you've recommended it to me actually mm. yeah i've only watched a couple of episodes yeah. so far because we i mentioned earlier on before we were talking here that about um uh, the film or the documentary Paris is Burning, which is about the ballroom scene in in New York in the 80s, and Pose is really a, a, a drama that's set around that time as well. Mm. And it's really it's really fascinating. It's really interesting that whole kind of lifestyle and and little subculture subculture really. that happened uh, you know in New York at that time, which is now having such an impact on culture now. Mm. You know, and you think about what RuPaul has done. Um, for that that area of um, creativity and artistry and performance, how that's global, you know, um, mm. and that, and he takes a lot of his kind of influences uh, from that ballroom scene. You know, yeah. a lot of the words and phrases that yeah. that they use mm. is uh, is from directly from there. And the staggering thing is the positive impact the programs had on so many people's lives. I can't think mm. of another show at the moment that. Is mm. having such an yeah. amazingly yeah, it's, they, they, uh, of all of the talent shows, they they never they only build people up. Mm. They they don't tear people down. Yeah, yeah then there is a lot of cattiness and, and you know yeah. charm yeah. yeah between everybody else. <laughs> but but in the, in the, the judges only really give positive comments yeah. at the end. And, and yeah. but also it's one of the only shows where all of the contestants are actually unbelievably talented at everything and they do so they many make fields. their costumes and mm. they have they to do their makeup and they the all of makeup, these things yeah. and I feel like there's so many the talent dancing, shows the acting but it's just amazing so many talent shows even when the idea is that the people on them are talented actually then they're, they're not like this is I feel like this is one of the only ones where every single contestant has so much talent mm. to show up to show up did you see did anybody watch Britain's Got Talent no, no. no. I'm so proud of this segment I don't watch any TV no. I'm so no. there is that there's a there's a man on there called State of the Fart <laughs> and um, and he does eyebrow he does yeah he does uh Amazing covers of I like hand, hand, hand. I can't do it. No. I'm trying to do it. No. I'm trying to do it. Hang on. Did you share that on your Facebook? Because I no. saw it online. Oh, I don't think I don't think I did. <laughs> oh. It was me that time. But I can't. I mean, I can't even do one. No, don't. And yet you can don't. tune it and create. Do like a whole like. I mean, can anybody make that noise? No. Hannah's very no. uncomfortable no. a bit. Hannah's got her head in her jumper. Oh. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so yeah, just, that's my no. least favourite word of all time. Fart. 
don't like it. Oh my god. I prefer the word Trump, but then I've got, has a different meaning these days. <laughs> yeah, Donald is over here as we speak, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite as we speak. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Although it's behaving himself, as it was on the news today, that they seem to, uh, uh, in person and in the, the the meetings that he's having with people, he seems to be behaving himself, oh, not offending good. anybody. That's seems, how unlike him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just leaves that for Twitter, I think, doesn't he? Oh dear. See, I read online that he fist bumps the Queen, but then <laughs> you can't believe everything you read online. Uh, so. I hope that's true. <laughs> 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 What could I say? What possibly could I say? I don't know. No, he he uh, he did this. He did this. You can't you can't see, but he kind of went. He kind of. Oh dear! He he gripped. He gripped her her hand. So it made it look like yeah. That's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah, so she must have been going, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I heard a rumour that he had an entourage of 2,000 people with him. Really? Mm. 2,000 people. The nearest and dearest. I can't actually imagine jobs for 2,000 people. Do you think he could name everybody? <laughs> no. No. Well, he couldn't remember the gift that he gave the Queen when he came to visit last time. So... The Queen was very naughty, and uh, they were looking around the the royal collection. And she said to him, um, "Oh, do you remember this? Uh, or do you recognise this?" And he said, "No." Oh no! And it was a dead. silver horse that he'd given uh, a statue, <laughs> uh, given to the Queen. And uh, Melania apparently waded in and said, "Oh no, this is the gift we gave to the Queen." <laughs> oh, wow! She's a saint. Isn't Awkward. She? <laughs> Should we just say that this is all conjecture? Just in case a SWAT team comes oh, in. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's re- been reported on, been on the news. On the news. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. <laughs> uh. So music. Let's let's try and have a music chat. Music chat. Music chat. You've, you've seen Rocket Man. Yes. Please tell us yeah. about your experience of. It's very emotional. I yeah went in thinking, will this change my view of Elton John? What was your view of Elton John? Well, I, can, I remember watching the, the, the documentary Tantrums and Tiaras, mm. and it was like a fly on the wall. When that, you know, that was all kind of fashionable and at the time. it was one big hissy fit, wasn't it? It was just basically him having a tantrum. I, I met him just after that was aired, Yeah. and obviously that was my impression of what he was like. Yeah. Strange enough, he was actually like that, <laughs> uh, because he came to the, um, the front gate of Air Studios where I was working at the time, and I was on the on the, the gate on the reception. He buzzed to come in. He said, "I'm here." And I said, "Who are you?" He said, I'm Elton. <laughs> he came in and he was very very fancy and mm. he, yeah, he was very very annoyed. And uh, yeah, he, he uh, threw me all his toys out the pram. Uh, yeah. um, so yeah. So that's what that's the impression I had of him watching before I watched the film. And it did change my view of him in that sense, mm. you know, it kind of put some reasons into why perhaps he behaved in that way or, or, or behaved in, yeah. in certain ways. Um, and that was very sad actually, wasn't it? It was a tragic story, yeah. I felt. I wasn't expecting it to be like that. Mm. My dad knew him in the 60s, and our friend Don Shin, who's also, they were in a band together. And they knew uh, Reg Dwight as he was, 
and my dad said he was always a very nice nice guy nice mm. to talk to and everything mm. and it's obviously you know fame goes to your head so he was badly treated by lots of people and yes. um, mm. I think what I got from the film was that there was a vulnerability there and he was looking to be loved mm. which we all are mm. and so I found it a very emotional film watching that because I'd like, like you I'd always seen that side of him you know publicly mm. where he was a bit of a prima donna and uh, throwing hissy fits but actually there's a bit of a damaged yes person there yeah. I think do you know how much input he had on the film David Furnish was executive producer oh, oh, that's interesting. and okay. um, he was involved his name was on the credits but I didn't catch I think he was really closely involved yeah, yeah. yeah. But wasn't there there was a lot of cocaine around in the 70s Cause and the rest of uh, it yes. yeah. <laughs> and, and um, certainly because um, a friend of my dad's and Roger and Don Roger Pope was the drummer in my dad's group and he ended up playing for, for he played on Tiny Dancer and various things and um, when he was you know he used to say that it was everyone was just at it all the time yeah. and, and uh, didn't know what they were saying and didn't know what they were doing. And it must be so hard for people. And he'd come from very humble um, beginnings, hadn't he? Mm. And to find yourself in that situation where mm. the, you've got that all around you and there are also people out to manipulate you and to profit off mm. your talent, that must mm. be... Mm. And that must just be awful. Mm. Need to explain the Renata scenario because he got married, didn't he? Mm. he? Got married to Renata, and there was almost like, there was an apology. It was like a an, a public apology, really, saying mm. sorry. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was a, it was an emotional I, film. I would very recommend it, mm. but you must know it is a musical. Yes. And. Oh, I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. That's not how it comes across in the trailer. No. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's when people just start singing mm. in the living room. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. This oh, is right. how it yeah. is. <laughs> Go with it's this. What, like a Potter sort of thing, or quite this. Yeah. So he, there were. He. I think some of his songs they'd adapted the lyrics, hadn't they? Mm. And so the characters, like, there's one scene with his dad and his mum and his grandma and him and they all sing different verses um, uh, and it's I want love isn't it, oh. Is it I like that one and and it's uh, and it's coming from their different kind of perspectives can you see it on the stage do you think it's set for a musical I was gonna say I was just about to say that I think it's leading up to a you know mm. a yeah. West End musical mm. would you there go hasn't see been it? one is there I'm surprised there hasn't been one already mm. I'd go see it I think I'd rather see it on stage than as a film. And it's got so many smash hits. It reminds me actually how much I loved the music. It's not something I go to. I wouldn't kind of come in here and think, oh, we'll put Elton John on today. But actually. It's not really a bad song, is there? I don't really feel like. I can, I... Oh. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Here we go. Dish it out. Let's go. Let's go. go What's the one he did for Lion King? So, so high. Oh, 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 o
No, please don't. Don't go breaking my heart. I love that one. I love that one. That I want love. The music video for that is exceptional with Robert Downey Jr. Just sync one single camera. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's and it's just Robert Downey Jr. singing into the camera. Wow. One long shot. So one good. really good song he did do was Take Me to the Pilot. Yeah, it's it's off, this, off the Elton John album uh-huh. with your song from 1971. Mm. Take Me to the Pilot and I Need You to Turn to. There's loads of really good songs on the album. Mm. Yeah. Worth a listen. And if you get an original pressing of it, which Louisa has, <laughs> and you hold the LP up to the light, it glows red oh. because of the strange plastic it's made. Oh. Fun fact. It said that they. they the, contract he signed they wanted him to do three albums every year oh yes. god that's, that's insane they just wanted him to yeah. be you know churning, churning yeah, out he, his has, music. he had Elton John Tumbleweed Connection and Honky Shatter or something like that in one year mm. I think and they're, they're, they're quite sort of although I think Tiny Dancer's on one of them and um, obviously your songs are on the other one so they're, they're, there's some quite good material on Mm. But his first album, Empty Sky, um, I don't think that got very far. That was 1969, I think that came out. Um, but there's some quite interesting songs on it. Mm. So, but it's a bit um, sort of late 60s flowery. Mm. <laughs> he went to my mum and dad's school. No, really? Yeah. Be- um, before then, but they had a uh, like an alumni sort of. Thing. So he came back and performed a concert for his old school. That's so cool. So, yeah. That's so cool. When yeah. was that? When did he do that? Um, I don't know. I'll have to ask him mm. if Dad remembers it. Yeah. That's wow. so cool. Mm. How, how does that compare with your Aretha uh, Franklin cinema experience? Well, I haven't, I haven't seen Rocket Man yet. It's on my list. But last night I took myself on a solo date to see Amazing Grace, which is the Aretha Franklin film, which was unbelievable there's no there's no story it's literally just like concert footage so it's let me see if I can get this right it was uh, Aretha Franklin was doing a live album recording in a church in California across two nights and um, Sidney Pollack was um, uh, filming it directing it as a as a film but the footage the footage was damaged so they had the album you can the album was released in the, I think it was the best-selling gospel album of all time. Oh. Um, yes, it's that one. Oh, it's that one. And um, but but the footage was damaged, and they just remastered it. And and so it's just, it is like just a film. I say just. It's not at all. But it is simply a film of this concert album mm. recording in a in what looks like a very modest-sized church hall with a few of her band members and the gospel choir from that church and it's, it's the most incredible album just insane and it, and there's no like there's no narration they, there's a few lines of text right at the beginning it's very fly on the wall it's absolutely there's no it's there's no narration whatsoever um her dad gets up and does like an impromptu speech at some time and, and at some point and then the reverend um kind of introduces each song but literally just says a little bit in between it's it's all just music and her it's like cried all the way through I was sat at my own at the cinema just being really really cool and, <laughs> and she does the, there's a, a medley of a gospel song with You've Got a Friend um, and it is just the, I then listened to it all the way home like on repeat just mm. there's a particular bit in it I just kept rewind, rewind, uh, rewinding to that bit it was absolutely amazing her voice is insane and the thing she does and all this entire church congregation like 
gets up on their feet and they're all kind of just singing along and, and they're so emotional, they are crying and oh, it's just... Have you ever seen the brilliant. film Let It Be, the Beatles one? No. Because it, it was never really issued officially because they argued about, they, they, they did like four different versions of it um, <laughs> because they were all arguing all the way through it. But that's a similar sort of thing, it was all fly on the wall documentaries of them recording the Let It Be album. Mm. So there's actually footage of them, you can see them performing the, you know, the songs that everyone knows. And that's, I always found that quite an emotional thing, watching that actual performance of them sitting around in a, mm. in a studio. It's like having an extra connection, isn't it? Yeah. With, yeah. We should be doing that with our current album. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> Dangerous. There is, there is a little, there's a tiny bit of footage of them recording Hey Jude because a, a film company went in and recorded a, 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 a film being made in 1968 called Music! Exclamation mark. Huh. And, uh, what was that about? <laughs> well, I remember seeing it and it goes from a, a, a little old man playing a, a, on a squeeze box going and then it goes, suddenly cuts into them playing Hey Jude and, and um, uh, getting very, they look, they're getting very annoyed with um, uh, the film, you know, the cameraman. And then it comes to George George Harrison in the, in the control room, um, trying to, to come across as being intelligent to George Martin, and he's saying, "One bit of music is just like pop, classical, jazz, whatever you're going to do to it." And then George Martin's just going, "Yes, <laughs> yes." That's <laughs> very interesting. And uh, yeah, and they were, there was a few um, of their sort of classic recordings that were little bits of it were filmed. I always find this sense of it, but you know, should be down the spine. Probably the same. Mm. The, 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 knowing the album that you probably know mm. so well, and seeing and it, to suddenly be able to see it, as seeing well. it being realised, yeah, mm. it was, yeah. it was, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, mm. it was amazing. Mm. Oh, Did you know that sixties playwright Joe Walton uh, was writing a screenplay for a Beatles film? I heard, yes, but it was, but it they they totally canned it because it was slightly. Um, Homoerotic. Uh, <laughs> really? Was this after help? I'm not sure what, what the timing of it, but yeah, um, yeah they'd asked him because he was like the playwright of the time and on the air, you know, a bit, a bit edgy and things like that. But he'd um, he'd written this screenplay that they just said, no, we just possibly cannot far. possibly have these four Beatles doing what you want them to do. <laughs> <laughs> School assembly for comic relief. Uh, when oh, I came out. wow. Do you remember it? Two friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to be hypnotised. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Lana Nini Nuni. And Bananarama. <laughs> we once got very high praise. Oh, 
we did twice we've been called it now by from, the same people yeah from from couple of lovely fans. The Spitfire sisters are the classy banana rama. Oh. <laughs> Which is no shade on banana rama because we love banana rama. In fact, rama. I regularly say when we're recording, that sounded just like banana rama. <laughs> <laughs> Loving first, give me only you can set me free. Because I'm guilty. Guilty. Guilty as a cuckoo bitch. Absolutely. The only one I ever liked of theirs was... Um, it ain't what you do, it's the way you oh, yeah, do it with, cool. with, yeah. with Fun Boy 3, who were half of the specials. Oh, yeah. I didn't realise that. Could yeah. We, yeah. we could be Fun Boy 2. 